Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 80 of the Ask the Coach show, where we answer your table tennis questions. Today, we talk about serve choices, the contact point on your back for top spin strokes, cutting your rubber, and stopping the attack. As you'll see in a second, Alloys is literally right here with me today. So welcome, Alloys. Thank you, Jeff. How are you this morning? It's uh, Yes, we did a little bit of filming last night. So, uh, yeah, so uh, here uh, and uh, sitting right next to the man himself. Indeed, yes. Um, some filming for some uh collaboration with yeah. sports might come out in a few weeks so keep your eyes out for that yeah interesting interesting video i tell you <laughs> indeed um all right alice now yesterday's ping skillers question of the day was what are the critical factors for running a successful club yeah, so um, <clears throat> thank you, Dieter. Dieter came up with a few uh, list of a couple of things. So he talked about um, making sure that there's a, a key, uh, a group of key people that are really interested and enthusiastic about um, the club because it's such a lot of work to do that if you haven't got an enthusiastic group that really care, it's just going to become a chore at some stage and then you're going to have to start relying on people that don't really want to help out. You're going to be nagging them to try and you know, put up the tables, take down the tables, whatever it is, you know, can you open up today? Um, and that's where you start to get into some problems. So having a key group that are really passionate and just finding those few people I think is really important. Mm -hmm. um, it also talks about making sure that there's a variety of events on. So, you need to think about not only just catering for, you know, the elite players that um, that want to improve, you also need that social side of things. So you need a group of um, or, or some events um, for players that just want to come in, have a hit, um, really never interested in reaching a higher level or improving their ratings or whatever it is. They just want to go down and have a, and have a practice. And you're going to find that those people are going to form quite a large group in your in your um, club as well. So if you ignore those guys, then you're going to, you know, uh, miss out on a whole heap of uh, players. And then the last one is just make sure that every person that comes into the club, that you really care about them, that you, um, that you make them welcome, that you make sure that you show them that they're, um, they're welcome at the club um, and, you know, find them players to play with, find them partners, find them something to do, give them um, something in, uh, in your club that, um, that, that they can belong to. Um, because, as you know, as they say, it's, it's, always, it's harder to get a new um, person than to retain an old one if, you, if you've got, already got someone. So if you've got them there, um, then you need to find out what they want and start to, um, uh, yeah, tune into that yeah it makes sense doesn't it i mean if you go somewhere new and you feel welcome and you know there's lots of things to do you you're going to have a good time and you're going to enjoy it so i mean i think yeah some really good tips there yeah so um so steve um steve um asked us a question about this uh couple of days by email and um he wants to um set up his club he wants to make sure he does it well he wants to make sure that he knows um or, or can he's also looking at, you know, how many tables um, he's going to need um, mm. to make the club successful and to make it viable as well. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, 
I mean, it's kind of dependent on the number of members you have, don't you? Because, I mean, obviously the more tables you can have sounds like it's better, but then it's probably a bigger haul and it might cost you more depending on your arrangement. Um, So in terms of being viable, I guess it probably relates to the number of people you need. Yeah, I think so. But I think also you you need to think about, um, you know, what's the critical number. So if you have one table... um, Financially, I don't think it can work. Mm. Um, for a competition, you know, to, to run any sort of competition, you need to probably have um, four tables. You know, definitely three, so you've got six teams that you can run um, at a particular time. So three, I think, is an absolute minimum. Um, four is getting better. Um, I think if you can have eight tables, um, then you're going to start to be able to um, be really viable. So. So having eight tables, you can have 16 teams, you know, two grades or, or whatever it is um, of teams. You can cater for the better and the, the beginners. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think if you can get to eight tables, but as you said, it's um, it's a matter of then um, how much does a hall cost, you know. So finding, finding an appropriate venue is critical. Mm. Um, if you can find a venue that you can keep the tables up all the time, like that is just such a bonus because yep. there's the, the hardest part I think of a club is finding the volunteers to um, put the tables up, set them up, take them down, all that sort of thing. And in most situations, in, in probably 90% of situations, you're not going to find that. Um, so it's finding a, um, a hall where the tables are stored easily as well. The next thing is your is your tables, I think, you know, and, and mm. that's that's pretty important. Yeah, it? yeah. It is important. So making sure that they're portable. Um, now there are a whole lot of tables now that are that are um, so much better than they were even 10 years ago. You know, the the wheels on them are good, they fold up well, they store really well. So make sure you get some tables that firstly store well and secondly are easily um, transportable and easily set up so that you can just wheel them out of the storeroom, put them on the on the um, hall floor, set them up. Uh, they shouldn't take any more than two or three minutes to set up uh, per table. So um, yeah, so so find, finding those tables is absolutely absolutely critical. That will save so much of um, time and effort. You know, and you might have some old tables that are heavy and all that sort of thing. You know, it's almost worth getting rid of them um, to just get some newer tables that um, that are easy to easy to use. Yeah, if people know it's going to be easy to set up, they're more likely to help out. And if they're thinking, oh, that old heavy table, then that, yeah. no one's going to want to do it. So yeah. I think it is worth the investment. Yeah. So And then we need to think about, start to think about, you know, um, affiliating with your... Um, state or national association mm. um, you know the, this is always a big debate with clubs isn't it you know like what what benefits do we get from doing that you know it's I'm, I've, I've worked for a state association for a long time and uh, coming at, at it from the other side it's always difficult to provide things for clubs um, state associations I mean they, they might have um, a base of money but they really don't um, tend to rely on um, governments or um, or subscriptions or something like that to uh, to stay afloat. Um, so I think supporting your state association and then finding ways and for them to help you. So don't worry about or, or don't 
sort of sit there and expect them to um, come running to you. Um, be proactive. Go to your state or national association and say, "I'm starting up a club. Um, you know, how can how can you help out?" And they they're often happy to to do that. But it's just when they've got to deal with um, a whole lot of clubs or help a whole lot of clubs, you know, um, it's hard to get around to everyone. You know what they say? You know the um, the the squeaky wheel gets the gets the oil. So so be proactive. Go to your state association and just ask them what um, you know. What can I? What can I get? Or how can you help me to to build my club? Excellent tips. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's a really big job, Steve. Um, and I admire anyone that tries to start a club. It's a it's certainly not easy, but um, I think it's a it's really rewarding um, if you can get a club going well. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, good luck, uh, Steve. And anyone else has got any tips, leave a comment and let us know. We'd love to hear how it goes. Keep us updated, Steve. All right, Alois, that moves us on to the ping skillers question for today, which is, who is the hungriest for the World Championships 2015? Mm, yes. So leave a comment, go to pingskills.com, click on the blog link, you'll find this show and put your thoughts down there. Love to hear from you. All right. Now, um, Brock wants to give us an update, Alois, on mm-hmm. his um, matches, yep. yeah, episodes against the tall guy. He says, I played with a tall guy earlier today and he won 2-0 in matches. But it was 21-15 and 21-17. Yes, go, I'm really close now go, and I think go. I might beat him next week. Nice work. Come on, Brock. You can do you're, it. You're getting there. Uh, you know, the most important thing there, Brock, is you're improving and that is that is key. Well in, indeed. Well done, Brock. All right. Now, we have a question from Daniel who says, I recently played a player who had a very strong and accurate third ball attack and I lost badly. Are there any general tips you could give me to discourage or even prevent a third ball attack from an opponent? Yeah, so Daniel, um, this is this is a key part of the game. Um, so returning a serve is um, a lot dependent on firstly making sure that you read the read the serve. So understanding uh, what type of spins on the ball. Um, then, the, I mean, what, what you're really aiming to do, I mean, ideally is to keep the ball short and low over the net. If you can do that, great. But that is dependent on whether you read the serve well. So mm. um, watching watching their serve, um, making sure that you really focus on, uh, on the ball as it's coming to you, trying to get as many cues as you possibly can. And then it's just a matter of getting the angle of your racket right so that you're able to, um, keep put that ball back short and low. Yeah, short so it would bounce twice on the table. Yes. And that way your opponent can't get a big swing on the ball so it's yep. much harder for them to attack. Yeah, so that that's, I mean, that's your aim. As I said, can be really difficult. And, you know, often in that situation when you're trying to keep the ball short in a match, the ball tends to pop up really high. So mm. in that situation, if, you, if you're constantly popping the ball up high and you really want to win the match, in that situation, then think about just pushing the ball deep and fast 
into um, difficult positions. It, that's better than just popping the ball up short and high because oh, yeah. that's going to be easy for them. That's going to be easy for them. So first, see if you can work on your short push and getting that return, but you need to be good at reading the spin and returning it. If you can't, push it to difficult positions. Now, what are some common difficult positions to push the ball to? Yep, so firstly, think about which is their weaker um, attacking side. Um, is it their backhand or is it their forehand? Um, so that's the side you want to target or, or you want to make them play a lot of um, backhands or forehands, whichever is weaker. The other area that can be good is right into their um, pocket or right into their armpit. So by playing into there... Um, they need to move one way and also make a decision as to whether they're going to play it with their forehand or backhand. So, um, yeah, but getting it deep on the table, getting it as fast as you can, and then also trying to get as much backspin as you can um, as well. Okay. All right. Well, great question, Daniel. It's an important part of table tennis, so work on it. Try getting that ball short if you can or deep with a fair bit of backspin to difficult positions. Good luck working on that. All right, now Daniel has asked us a question, Alois. And a different Daniel, though, Jeff. It is a different Daniel. Daniel Cotto, this one. Yes. All right, and he says, I am able to glue the rubber correctly to the blade, but I'm having nightmares getting a clean cut. I've seen people cut the sponge with the first motion and then the sheet with the second pass. I don't know what knife I should use. Yep, so... um I, I find I find a, a sharp knife the best. I mean, some players use scissors. Um, I find it I find that really difficult to get a, a nice clean cut and close to the edge of the the bat. So yeah, with the scissors, I tended to find it easier to actually trace the rubber first and then cut the rubber before I glued it on. Oh, okay, yep. So which you, is another way. Yep. So you know the size. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Um, but with the with the knives, I mean, a, a, a scalpel is good. Um, if you, mm. if, yeah, and um, you can you can buy the scalpels reasonably cheaply, um, and that gives you a really nice um, uh, clean cut around there. Or if not that, um, a box cutter or a Stanley knife or a yeah, there's a few other names for them. Um, yeah, things that you um, use to to open boxes. Um, if you get one of those, and as long as it's new and sharp, um, they work really well too. They do, yeah. So, um, and what about the, you know, doing two passes? Do you yep. do you do two passes? Yeah, or? I tend to. Yeah. So, so, um, so you've got the bat um, sort of laying on there. You've got the whole sheet of rubber there, and and just try and stay really close to this edge. So push your blade up against this, um, and uh, cut through the sponge first. Um, and then you can um, start, once you start into the rubber underneath that, then um, then it becomes a little bit easier. But the key is that you need to have a really nice sharp blade. If you haven't got a sharp blade, then it just tears the, the rubber. And, um, and it, it looks terrible. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I guess even if you do try scissors, you need sharp scissors as well. Yes. That, that's critical as well. Otherwise, yes. it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just experience. Um, so you're going to... I think everyone's made a few rubbers look terrible over their time. Um, it's just part of uh, learning. That's right. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Yeah. So um, next we've got a question from Jeff. And uh, Jeff says, I've settled on the backhand serve for my bread and butter serve, and it's, it's successful. 
If my other serve is the tomahawk serve, the sidesmith element on all my services would be in the same direction. Do you feel like that is a drawback? Um, not necessarily. Um, <clears throat> Jeff also mentioned that he can do a reverse um, serve, but it's not as good. So, um, oh, sorry, a, a, a pendulum serve. Yeah, a pendulum serve, but it's not as good. So I think having you know, the, the backhand serve and the reverse serve as your two stock serves is all right because the ball going the same direction gets you more used to um, that uh, coming. Uh, the the spin on the backhand and the and the spin on the reverse... Well, it's actually a tomahawk. Oh, the tomahawk, see. sorry, the tomahawk, um, is, is similar because it's going in the same direction. But I find it... Um, much, much harder to read a tomahawk serve than a backhand serve. Um, it's a lot about what people have seen a lot of. So whereas the spin might be similar, the reading of it by your opponent can be really different. Yeah, so, absolutely. I was going to say the same thing. When I see those two serves, I don't think of, oh, that's the same side yeah. spin. It's totally different watching where they're contacting the ball because it's a totally different service action. So, yeah, so I don't really think it's a no. problem. And the other thing is that you do a pendulum serve. And now sometimes, like, if a person is really not good at receiving the spin going the other way, even if your pendulum serve isn't as strong as your backhand or your tomahawk, it may be more effective. So you've always got that to to give a try. Um, so if they're really getting onto these two serves, then just give um, the other serve a try. You mightn't feel as confident with it. You mightn't feel like you get a um, you know the same type of ball back, but um, it is worth a try. I've seen a lot of players, you know, use what I call absolute junk serves and get. Um, you know, really nice, easy returns because the opponent is so much worse at returning those, uh, that different junk serve. Excellent. All right. Thanks for the question, Jeff. All right. Now, Phil has asked a question and Phil says, for maximum topspin, should you contact the ball with the top half or the bottom half of the paddle? Yeah. So um, when you're playing the topspin, it's better to um, have the contact a little bit more to the top um, then the bottom, if, you, if, it, if it hits there, it hasn't got as much time on the rubber. Um, and, you know, from here, you're sort of getting into the sweet spot on the, on the racket as well. So it's better to hit the ball more at the top for the top spin than at the bottom. Yeah, now that's interesting. Like, technically, I guess that makes sense. But when I'm playing, is that something I should be focusing on? Like, the racket's quite small, like I tend to just watch the ball and just play the stroke rather than really focus on a specific part of my bat. Yep. I think initially as you're starting, um, hitting the ball in the middle of the racket is is fine, it's good. Um, but I think naturally as you start to improve, you will start to hit the ball a little bit there. You'll feel you'll feel a different contact um, and you'll feel um, that the ball is spinning a bit more. So um, you'll, you'll be drawn to that. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's where you're going to generate more spin. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thanks for the question, Phil. Always interesting to hear about those sorts of topics, spin and contact points. 
All right, the next question is from Christopher, who's jumped on with the Google Q&A app for our Hangout on Air. Thank you, Christopher. He says, what is your experience with fake blades and rubbers? Yeah, I, I haven't had any experience with them at all, Christopher. No. Um, so um, I know there is a lot of talk on forums and things about fake blades and rubbers, but, yeah, I really haven't encountered them. Um, maybe uh, if you have had experiences with them, you can put them in the comments. Uh, to this show, but yeah, never ever experienced a fake rubber or a fake blade. Yeah, that's a good idea. So yeah, go to pingskills.com, click on the blog link, you'll find Ask the Coach Show episode 80 and leave a comment to let us know. Yeah, and I guess I guess you just really want to be buying from a reputable table tennis store that you know or club and that way you avoid the problem, I guess. Yeah. Okay, now we've got a question um, from Sasha. He says um, he's got a tournament and he's concerned about someone's serve. Um, he doesn't like it when there's a side spin backspin serve to his forehand in particular. And he's wondering, should he play um, the backhand from the forehand corner? Um, yeah, uh, maybe. If, you're, if your backhand um, return from out there is, is a lot better, then you can do that. I mean, you know, Zhang Zikur is the, the classic. He does that 90% of the time. Um, but you're going to find that you're going to get yourself out of position quite a lot yes. um, if you start to step around too far. And, you know, you need to think about your mobility and how quick quickly you can get back into into position. You know, Zhang Zikur is fantastic. Fantastic. He gets across there, makes the backhand in, in you know, 0.1 of a second. He's back into his... Um, ready position and, and able to play a backhand from over there as well. So just be really careful about moving too far around there. Um, just practice um, returning with your forehand, whether it's push off the short ball or top spinning off the off the longer ball, whatever it is. Um, I think you're better off um, working on the forehand return. Um, I mean, you said you've got a tournament on Sunday. Uh, so, you know, maybe the result of the tournament on Sunday isn't going to be as fantastic if you're using your forehand, but um, long-term, I think uh, that's what you need to be aiming for, Sasha. Yeah, interesting. And you, like you said, Zhang Zikou gets around, but he's got such quick footwork. So, you know, yeah, when you choose one set of actions, you need to think about what's going to happen next. So if you've got fantastic footwork, maybe it's a good idea, but, you know, you need to weigh all those things up. Yeah, exactly. All right. Now, next, Brock has said, has asked us another question, and Brock asks, if I would train my wrist and forearm in a gym, would I get more spin? Um, not necessarily. Um, I think, you know, training um, strength and all that sort of stuff in a gym is good, but um, spin uh, relies more on how relaxed and how flexible and how quickly you can... Um, move that wrist through. So um, absolute strength isn't necessarily the key there. It's more, it's more just the um, the relaxation and how and how quickly you can flick that wrist through. So um, yeah, so go go to the gym, do your wrist, do your arms, do all that sort of stuff. But then the critical factor after that is to make sure that it's completely relaxed. Yeah, and I guess that's really evident on the serve, isn't it, where the wrist is going to generate 90% of the speed of yep. the bat and yep. be the most important factor. Yep, that's right. 
Great. Well, thanks everyone for jumping on and asking those questions. And you can always ask a question live on the show by going to our Google Plus page and clicking on the Q&A app. Or you can ask a question at any time by going to pingskills.com and clicking on the Ask the Coach link. And we take the best questions from there and answer them in this show. So thanks, everyone. And thank you, Alice. Thank you, Jeff. And, uh, yep, pingskillers, get out there. It's Friday. Uh, Have a great weekend. Lots of table tennis. Get into it. Indeed. Enjoy. See you Monday. Bye.